Hello. Thanks for tuning in. You're about to listen to us discuss our picks for the NBA Awards 2020. This podcast was recorded on the 2nd of August, and the winners of the actual awards aren't due to be announced until the playoffs start. Now, if you love a Woj bomb as much as I do, you might have seen that the awards have started to leak. So by the time you're listening to this, some of our selections might seem a little bit confusing. So this is just a quick note to say that everything you're about to hear is based on our own opinions, and this episode was recorded before any of the leaks took place. So with that said, let's get to it. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. Evening all, welcome into a special edition of the Met the Criteria podcast. We meet the criteria here to bring you a quality NBA podcast. Jared here taking taking the reins this week with Theo. How's it going, mate? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm Vincent. <laughs> Don't know what that was. And Vincent, how are we? What it do, baby? Yeah. No, I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Back again. Back again for another podcast. That's it. That's it. We just want to say, uh, before we get started on today's episode, a big thank you to everyone who managed to listen to our first couple of episodes, previewing the Orlando bubble, uh, and anyone who's listened to our subsequent episodes, uh, recapping some of the events that have been taking place in Orlando. <laughs> Slight concern amongst the Met the Criteria staff, is that we have some people listening to the podcast who aren't following it on Spotify. Now, why? What are you doing, man? Precisely. Why on earth would you do something as crazy as that? Just tap that little follow button, and then every time a new podcast comes out, it'll be right there at the top of your feed, ready to to hear some of our takes on what's going on inside the league. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Met the Criteria. So for today's pod, it is award season, ladies and gentlemen. The votes have been cast already, just to clarify that point. The NBA experts, I didn't get a ballot this year. Did you two get a ballot? They skipped us out. I think mine's coming. I'm, I'm sure it must be in the post. Yours is in the post. Vinny? Mine's standard. Of course they gave me one. No, oh, of course. Already standard. submitted. It's the standard. votes are in. The votes are in for all the awards. We're just going to run through our picks for the individual awards and then close up shot by going through our all NBA first, second and third team. So we'll kick things off with the big one. MVP. Who have you got for MVP, Theo? Who do you think I've got for MVP? There's only one real answer for this. I mean, I know a couple of episodes ago I was talking about how LeBron was making a bit of a comeback and it was really impressive up until the league suspended. But I don't think there's any way any of us can be looking past the alien that is the Greek freak, Yanis Antetokounmpo. What a man. He's the best player on the best team. Can you really look past him for MVP? Some of the insane things that he does. He's unstoppable. 30 points a game. 30 from deep from a guy who's got longer arms than I've got the height. Like, he's an absolute freak of nature. Um, And he's producing at the very highest level. I don't see anything but consecutive back-to-back MVPs for that man. Vinny? I think 
the exact same, whatever you want to call him, Giannis, Giannis, the Greek freak, Antetokounmpo, whatever you want to call him, the guy is the MVP yet again. This guy has improved. He has literally got better every single game. I can't see anyone else getting that MVP. Yes, LeBron had a killer and he had a, had a very, very good regular season. But this guy has just proven he he's led the Bucks. The Bucks are his team. He is the, the he is what the, makes the Bucks run. Everything run through him. He's the most dominant player in the league. Can't think of anyone else like him. It has to be him. Yeah, agree with you completely. Best player, best team. Thirty-one minutes of a game, but more production than last season. He's okay. Sorry, guys. You just keep saying it over and over. I, I allowed it when Theo said it once. Best team. I, I, I might have to say I might have to agree with that fully. Best team. The guys, they're good. But I would say best team. I'm just going best team with the best record. Then okay, statistically Thank they you. have the okay. highest winning okay, percentage. I'll give you that. I'll so give let, you let's that. let's call it at that. Um, but yeah, uh, less more minutes. Sorry, less minutes than last season, his first MVP season, but more production, more points, more rebounds. Uh, so, yeah, obvious choice for the big one, MVP. So that's that one out of the way. Other than LeBron, did anyone have anyone else who had a compelling case that they thought could challenge Yannis? I think Kawhi's had a great year. I think um, he probably would have been my third. I think Anthony Davis, you could make a case for him. Um, I don't think, I think he's probably a little bit, um, a little bit further behind. LBJ and Kawhi for me, though. Good stuff. Nice and easy. Quick start. MVP out of the way. Let's move on now to Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I'll go with my take for this one first. Um, I'm going with... I think Giannis is going to do something that's only been done twice in league history. The first, Michael Jordan, 1987-88. The next, Heem the Dream in 94-95, I think. I think Yanis is going to do the double. I think he's going to get MVP and I think he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year as well. His counting stats in terms of his actual steals and blocks aren't as insane as you might expect for someone with such length and such defensive prowess, but it's more his ability to affect shots that gives him the nod for this one. And if you just look at the guy, if you just watch him play, play defense, he can guard anyone one through five. Uh, he, got the, he's, he comes at the top of all the deeper defensive metrics and I think Yanis is gonna is gonna get the defensive player of the year as well as his shiny MVP trophy. Hundred percent um I agree with you there. I think again you could make a case for Anthony Davis. Yeah had a real stellar year. He is doing it next to LeBron James, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, all very good defenders. Um it takes a shine off it a little bit. I think his, um, if you look, as you mentioned, the, the, the advanced defensive stats that nobody really understands, I don't think, <laughs> like defensive player plus minus and value over replacement player and all that sort of super deep stuff that no, I'm not having it, nobody gets that. Um, if you look at the, the sheer numbers of the analytics, as they, as they call them, you can't look past. You can't look past Giannis. He's just putting up monster numbers. Imagine being any player in the league, driving towards the basket, and you see that absolute freak of nature stood in your way. He's just unbelievable. He's my defensive player of the year as well. Hundred percent. I think, guys, this is an easy little thing we're doing right now. I have to agree with you guys both. Giannis is the most defense. I think he should win the defensive player of the year. The only person I could think maybe 
was Rudy. I just personally thought maybe Rudy might have a chance. I, I thought... Oh, no way. Rudy's had a... By his standards, has had a really poor defensive season. I don't know. I still feel like me personally, Rudy had a very good... Me personally, when I look at him, I just think... I would be scared of playing against Rudy. I think he's very, very good at defensive. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, man, he's a monster. And I just feel he's very, very talented. But MVP and Defensive Player of the Year should be Yanis. I think Yanis, I saw somewhere where people were saying, I saw it, I, mean, I wrote it down, but it's somewhere where it said like, he had opponent shot 12.5% worse from two-point range. I think personally, he's just improving defensively, offensively. And I think... You are right. Well, you've just said then, Jared, if you see Yanis at the defence, you would be intimidated by that. And I think the way the Bucks play, maybe if you didn't have the two big guys, the Lopez brothers, yeah, but when, you, when, they, when they play around it somehow sometimes where with Yanis playing, playing in that centre position, it's very, very dominant and it's showing how defensively strong they are. I just want to, um, just want to go back to what, the case you were making for Rudy Gobert. I mean, Rudy is a, historically a great defender. I mean, to this year, I don't think has been his best year defensively. But Gobert can shut down any player in the league. He's, he's On his day, he's that good as a defender. He can shut down any player. And let's not forget, he did shut down the entire league single-handedly. So we've got to give him that. You've got to give him that. <laughs> I've got another name who I gave a little bit of consideration to, Bam Adebayo. I think he's, he's had a great season. He's... Long range pick here, but he's probably my pick for defensive player of the year next season. I think he's shown flashes that he could be another version of the same kind of mold of player, Yanis, that kind of guy. So, uh, yeah, Bam Adebayo, got to give him some props for his season as well. Um, and another name I want to bring up is Marcus Smart. Now, Marcus Smart had some injuries this season, so he, he lost about 11, 12 games, which, which does affect him. Uh, a guard hasn't won the Defensive Player of the Year award since Gary Payton in the 90s, so it's going to be hard for him to win it. But some of Marcus Smart's defensive highlights this season have been incredible, so I think he, he deserves a shout-out as well. And he's definitely going to make one of the all-defensive teams. So I think it's, it's, it's interesting that there's no guard has won Defensive Player of the Year in such a long time. You think you think defense? I think might be the first thing that springs to mind. Might be that rim protection, Rudy Gobert style, sent towering center. But I think that the evolution, a testament to how good players like Yanis and Bam Adebayo, especially in that they can guard one through five, it's really um, a testament to the way the game's evolved. I think. Yeah, it's a good shout. It's a good shout. Right, we'll move on to our picks for Rookie of the Year. The future is mixed. Some of it's bright, some of it's not. Theo, who are you going with as Rookie of the Year? Nicholas Clacton from the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> it's got to be Jamaran. And it, we, I don't think we need to even go into what this guy's doing. It's, as, a, as, a, as a player, really, really, really good. I think had Zion been fit, it would have been a different story. But given the fact that I mean, what who what other honourable honourable mentions could you have for for this award? Maybe Brandon Clark's had a good year, um, Kendrick Nunn, he's had another really good year. But are they are they doing it at, at jazz that level? My, that was my top three. Yeah, that was my top three. Great players, but I think you look at what Jar does, what Jar's done for that Grizzlies team. It separates him. I think puts him um, puts him above all of the others, and his production and his future is really encouraging, really promising. I think um, it's quite clear, cut and dry from for me and probably for all of us, it's got to be, got to be Ja. Yeah, agree. Nothing to add. Vinny? 
Yeah, same. I think Ja Moran, and we even mentioned in our last episode, that game against the Pelicans, not Pelicans, sorry, the Trailblazers, I was heavily impressed by him. And I think he's a leader in that team. And I think for a player to come into a franchise and be a leader in your first rookie year, I think it just it tells you a lot about the individual, what he does. He's had a season where everyone keeps he keeps talk, people keep talking about how Zion, if he had better, if he had played more, if he done this, Zion would have been better. But I think Jar just doing his job. He's just doing what he does. He knows what he's capable of doing, and Jar is a talent. He's a very very, and I think he's one of those. He reminds me of a, like a Russell Westbrook. It's like when I look at him, he's got that animal in him. Like he's got that attitude. I remember when he tried to dunk on Kevin Love. I just, I, I just love that about him. I just love that kind of animal. That you know, what? I don't care who you play for, who you are. I'm, I'm Jar. So I like that about him. Yeah, it's it's a shame in a way that Zion's been so hurt this season because we've been robbed of what would have been a fantastic Rookie of the Year race, wouldn't it? If Zion had played 50, 60 games, it would have been incredible. But you can't hold that against Jar. Not Jar's fault that he's been there, he's been healthy, and he's led his team to the brink of the playoffs. So, yeah, he gets he's going to get his rookie of the year award. Uh, it's a shit in a way. I bet Zion maybe wishes he'd have redshirted this year and then he could have got it next season, but it's not to be. So, and the thing I like about their chemistry between each other, they actually play really, really well together. I think they like each other, they've known each other, as I mentioned, they've known each other since they were kids, like since they're like 12 mm-hmm. year olds, they've known each other for years, so they like each other. They've got that kind of friendship. But I think that rivalry is going to go on for years now. I think that is the rivalry of the NBA, Jar and Zion. And it's always going to be one of those things where who's better? Next season, hopefully, if they're both fit, we'll see. We'll see the full season if they're they're, they're prime. We'll see what's going to happen. So there we go. We've had uh, three of the awards so far. Halfway through the individual awards, we're going to jump now to the the most stupid award in my opinion the one I like the least uh, I'm pretty sure we'll probably all be in agreement on this one as well uh, my number one uh, is Brandon Ingram BI down okay. in New Orleans there uh, he's had a great season his scoring's up by six points a game and he's added an assist and a rebound this is his fourth year fifth year in the league I think obviously his first outside of Los Angeles uh, first kind of as a franchise player He's adapted to that well. There's been a lot more pressure on his shoulders now. He's the, the main, been the main scoring option for the Pelicans this season. Uh, and I think he uh, deserves uh, a lot of credit for, for how he's developed. Um, one thing I noticed as well is has had a big jump in his free throw shooting. He's up to 85% now when he was, I think he was more at about 68% last season. So uh, you've got to give him a lot of credit for that as well. That's, a, that's something that will prove important to him. Uh, so um, we'll throw it over to you, Vincent. Uh, BI as well, yeah? Jared, sometimes you shock me sometimes, but you know what? I got to give it to Luca, man. You cannot deny. No, please, no. Listen, okay, let me just read this out. Let me just read this out to you right now, Jared. He's averaging 28.7 points, 9.3 rebounds, and 8.7 assists, okay? It's his second season. Yes, and in this, in a player's second season, he is supposed to improve. Why are yes. we rewarding a player but, for doing okay, something that okay, he's supposed Jared. to do? Jared, this guy has become... He, he, he's first, he was rookie of the year, right? And he's a great player. His second season, now, I would say he's an elite top 10 player in the NBA. He's 
he's improved. He is the he's the future of the Dallas Mavericks. He is the most improved. And I think to me personally, you can't say Luke is not the most improved player of the year. My obviously, you know my opinion, like last year, you know my opinion. I mentioned it last episode about Pascal Siakam. But you can't just you can't say Luca is not the most improved player of the season. You can't. I'm going to jump in there simply because Luca's my pick as well, quite no. comfortably. I'm afraid so. Quite comfortably, I, I flirted with the idea of Brandon Ingram. I've got a lot, a lot of time for Brandon Ingram. I think he's almost like a little, like a baby Kevin Durant. I can think he's a similar sort of player. Almost got that like slim reaperish vibe to him, and he's made come on leaps and bounds this year. But I, th- I think Vincent made the point last year. Last year, Luca was Rookie of the Year, and he what a great player. He was a great player last year. Mm. This year, in his second year in the league, he has become a superstar. Exactly. I think it, it, he is at su- superstar level. He's nearly averaging a triple double putting up bonkers numbers. He did it on his own. He did it without KP. He's doing it with KP. Like, his second-year stats are better than LeBron's. Like, he's just phenomenal how good he is as a player. Question for you. In your opinion, your guys' opinion, should Doncic have made the All-Star team last season? What do you think? Yes. Yes. That's my opinion. Yeah. Okay. So, last season, he was an All-Star. This season, he was also an all-star. Okay, he's stepped up his game. He's gone from all-star to superstar, whatever. That, I'm sorry, but the harder jump, Brandon Ingram was nowhere near the all-star team last season. Last season, Brandon Ingram was definitely not an all-star. He wasn't even close to the all-star team. This season, he managed to get himself on that team, deservedly so, in my opinion. So, yes, I appreciate Luca is the better player, but this award isn't for the best player. It's for the most improved. Most improved. Not just improved to the greatest level, the most, what is the biggest jump we have seen in a player this season? You're wrong. You know what? You know what, Jared? Let me just read this out again to you. Let me just read this out. 28.7, 9.3 rebounds, and 8.7 assists. And what were his stats How, for his rookie season? I, I, but come on, man. You can't deny that is, that is technically, that is elite level player. This guy was Rookie of the Year last year, and he could even be in the discussion for MVP. I'm not saying he is in the top three. I don't, I'm not saying he is. Please be, don't quote me on something. But this guy is quality. You cannot say he's, imp- he's improved. He's stepped up his level. And that's why I think, personally, he should win Most Improved Player of the Year. But So, he shot 21.2 points per game last season, up now to 28.7. Uh, his field goal percentage, again, up from 40, 42% up to 46%. Uh, he's shooting more threes, scoring more threes, more points, more rebounds, better free throw shooter. He's improved in every area. Now, Jared, I am on board with you here. I, I, I feel your pain on this one. Most improved, I think, is quite a contentious award because, like you say, Brandon Ingram probably has made more of a jump. He's jumped from being a role player to having the team on his back. I, as a Brooklyn Nets fan, am slightly embittered against Most Improved. D'Angelo Russell, I feel, was robbed of the Most Improved Player Award in 2018-19. The Most Improved Player, you said it yourself, should be about the player who's made the biggest jump. What player has improved their technical ability, their basketball IQ, their performances enough? It made the biggest impact on the team because that's what improvement ultimately is all about. It, and I think that's where Luca 
makes the biggest difference. His impact on the team. He's driving the Mavericks. He's putting them in a position where they could make a really good playoff run. D'Angelo Russell, back in 2018-19, dragged the Brooklyn Nets into the playoffs. It was absolutely phenomenal. Flipping Pascal Siakam won it, didn't he? Pascal Siakam went from a nobody to putting up whatever he did, like 16 points or whatever. There's no consistency for me with the most improved. And that's, I think, part of the difficulty that I have uh, getting my head around it all, really. So let me just get this right, Theo. You are, vote, you are picking Luka Doncic as your most improved player because you are still bitter that D'Angelo Russell didn't win it last season. That's what <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Well, there you go, listeners. There you go. So make of that what you will. Let's move on. Let's move on. We'll move on to, I wish, to be honest, I wish they'd merge six man of the year and most improved player to most improved six man of the year. Now that'd be a great <laughs> award. That would, that would really get the people talking, but we'll jump to six man of the year. Do you want to kick us off, Theo? Who have you got as your pick? So this is a, probably the trickiest one for me, I think. Um, obviously, you've got two phenomenal sick men coming out of um, LA, the Clippers, uh, Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams. But for me, my sick man, I think the man who's made the most impact to their team off the bench has got to be Dennis Schroeder. I think Dennis Schroeder has been a phenomenal player for the Thunder this year. Nobody, nobody, I'm not having anybody would have had the Thunder one and a half games back from the third seed in the West. After they blew it all up in the Westbrook trade, nobody would have seen them putting themselves in such a, a strong position so soon after all that. Now, obviously, yes, they've got um, Chris Paul doing his thing. SGA is having a great season as well. But that whole entire second unit in, um, in Oklahoma is anchored by Schroeder. And he's having a career year. He's scoring like 19 points off the bench, nearly 47% shooting 38% from three. He's doing everything, everything right. And he's become a closer on that team alongside SGA and Chris Paul. And the fact that he's modified and adapted his game to be able to become as efficient as he has, he is killing it for OKC and he is making a massive difference for them off the bench. So for me, Dennis Schroeder has got to be my sixth man. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. We said before about the defensive player of the year always goes to a big guy. Sixth man of the year almost always goes to a bench scorer, someone who comes off the bench, leads the second unit, so that there's not as much of a drop-off from the first team. Uh, you're thinking Lou Williams, three-time winner, Jabal Crawford, three-time winner. So I think Dennis Schroeder fits the mould this season. Uh, another name in that same vein that you can maybe make a case for is Derek Rose. Had a pretty pretty good season in Detroit didn't make my top three but he's that same kind of mold of player comes off the bench and uh, gets buckets um, and you've mentioned Montrezl Harrell and uh, Lou Williams already I just want to throw Christian Wood's name out there as well six double doubles off the bench again another piston and uh, they've got a pretty decent bench uh, if only they had a good starting lineup Vinny what are you saying who's your sixth man this year I think this might be another uh, full-round house again, guys. I have to give it to Dennis Schroeder. I think he was central to the Oklahoma three-guard lineup. He was key to making sure that they win those, steal, those, those steals at the end of the game, making sure that they win those games at the end. He was very vital to them. And I just think, yeah, can't deny he is the sixth man of the award. My second would have been Montrezl Harrell. 
I thought he had a very, very good season and I thought he was very important to the Clippers. And then I would have given it Chris, Christian Wood. But gotta give it showed honestly he was very very important and i think he's very underrated and i think he could be pushing to start really potentially in the future but at the moment obviously they're going to use him for that but i think he is very very good i'd also like to point out as well that as a brooklyn nets fan spencer dinwiddie also got snubbed for the sixth man of the year award in 2018-19 despite the fact that i think he was second in points off the bench and assists off the bench that year didn't even make the top three it was montrez harrell lou williams mm. so i think sabonis was the third the third one didn't even make let the final let it go let it go nobody likes the brooklyn Feel, let it, it let it let it go Good stuff, good stuff. So we've discussed all our picks for the player awards this year. We're not going to worry about executive of the year because who on earth knows what the parameters are to win that one. We're going to jump to coach of the year. Uh, I've already professed my pick on a previous podcast. So let's see. Do you agree with my pick of Nick Nurse, Theo? Unanimously. I think Mike Budenholz is going to be gutted that he has... And smashed it this year with the Bucks, best record in the league. Probably going to win the win the East. Probably the favourites to win the whole thing. And I don't really see him getting much of a look in into Coach of the Year here after even after such a phenomenal season. Nick Nurse has done a stellar job at the Raptors. We spoke about it a number of times. How how they have he has got the production that he has out of the bums and scrubs that he's got on the, towards the end of the bench at the, in Toronto is phenomenal. Um, no uh, Green, no Kawhi, but I think with the win last night, he's now got a better win percentage than he did last season when they won it all with Kawhi. And it, it's just phenomenal. The way he's developed uh, Siakam, the way he's getting them, the, I think uh, Kyle Lowry's having a career year as well. Um, obviously, a, a long-standing veteran in the league, but... It, Nick Nurse has got them firing on all cylinders and they've been counted out. But the, why? Certainly no reason why looking at them because they are phenomenal uh, performance performers um, helmed by Nick Nurse. And it is, you said it the other week, Rondé Hollis Jefferson is, <laughs> is, has become a, a pivotal part of that lineup and he is not a very good player for want of a better expression. Um, again, you've got players like Terence Davis who aren't necessarily the kinds of players you would expect to see towards the end of a bench of a title contender. But Nick Nurse, he's got him doing thing. He's a, what a man, what a legend. Nick Nurse all the way. Yeah, I think he's going to be unanimous again, boys. Honestly, this is, this is becoming boring how unanimous we all are, but it's got to be Nick Nurse. This guy is the best coach in basketball. You can't deny that. I think he, he's most adaptable. I like how best he's always... in basketball. Greg Popovich, ring any bells? Uh, come on, he's the. Listen, okay. Greg's got a great history. We can't deny it. Pops, but I, I personally think Nick Nurse is the best coach in basketball. I just think he's more adaptable. He's willing to try new things out constantly. The way they're defensively set up, I think, is phenomenal. But he's willing to try new things. He's constantly willing. As we've mentioned, he's turned poor players into world class players. We've mentioned it before, similar to Kyle Lowry, how he was a player that was kind of written off, people kind of saying things like this, but this 
guys turn around. And when I look at interviews, when you see Nick Nurse talking and stuff like that, it comes across like a likable kind of guy. He's a guy that people seem like, I'm, I'm sure these players like all of them. They're willing to like, you hear about coaches, people are willing to like run into a war for. And I feel like he's got that. And I think he's just a brilliant coach. He comes across like, like charisma, and I just feel like, you know what, he deserves to be coach of the year. They've, we've touched on it just there. He lost Kawhi, his best player. And then he's still able to lead a team to say, you know what, we've lost our best player. We still can compete though, boys. We are still the reigning defending champions and we can compete. And we are proving these people that we are not gone. Yeah, I just want to clarify, by the way, I'm not saying Greg Popovich should be considered coach of the year this season but he's probably the best coach in the league just not this year um any other names that you considered Vinny was anyone who Billy came Donovan. yeah Billy Donovan I thought losing Russell Westbrook your franchise player your best player in your team you you think you might start laughing what, wait what's that laugh for what's that laugh for Jad? I was I was just waiting to see Theo oh okay right he's, thought, just, he's just a good player you know what I feel honestly I am still fuming with you by saying <laughs> Russell Westbrook is a good player the level of I said very no good, okay very you, good the you, level of disrespect you put on Russell Westbrook is a joke Theo but that's another topic okay but yeah Billy Donovan I just think. Just to turn CP3 to what he was as well, great. Just to lead these players, and I just and I just <laughs> I just feel like potentially he could have had that opportunity to do that. And I think yeah, Billy Donovan as well. He's really really good. I like him. I just want to my throw third pick and my third oh, pick. Should I tell you my third pick as well? Yeah, please do, please do. Gotta be Mr. Dart Rivers. <laughs> I like Doc Rivers. I, 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 he was my third pick. If I had to choose my top three, it would have been them three. But Doc Rivers, I, I know he got Kawhi, Paul George, they're building on him. But I just still, what you hear about people say about him, they say he's a hell of a coach. And, he's let, and I think he's potential to be coach of the year. But I think Nick Ness is going to win. Yeah, I just want to throw a little love to uh, Taylor Jenkins in Memphis as well. He's... He's probably my pick for next year. The, the the fact that he's managed to get the Grizzlies into the eighth seed this year is Jar's first season. Um, but yeah, looking looking forward, I think Taylor Jenkins is a potential for for next year as well. Um, so yeah. Okay, so that wraps up our individual awards for the 2019-20 season. We'll move on now to the All-NBA teams. We're going to debate these picks a little bit more. There'll probably be a bit more variance. Now, according to the official ballots, LeBron James could be selected at guard. Nikola Jokic could be selected at forward. Anthony Davis could be selected at forward or centre. There was an incredible amount of player flexibility, which mirrors the actual gameplay of the league. We here at the Met the Criteria podcast spoke about it and decided we were going to pick the players at the position they are most well-known as. So LeBron James is most well-known as a small forward. Nikola Jokic is better known as a centre. Anthony Davis plays most of his minutes at power forward. So that's where we've fallen in. So there might be some uh, debates here, but let's, let's see how we get on. So Theo, do you want to kick us off? Uh, we'll go around the table. Who are your guards for your All-NBA first team? I think probably the easiest decision to make were probably the guards. The, oh, the whole of the first team, I think, was quite straightforward. Guards, you've got to have most improved player of the year Luka Doncic 100% he's putting up incredible numbers averaging a triple double nearly easy peasy next to him another crafty devil we said in the last pod reinventing the game James Harden 
got to be easy peasy one and two. Yeah, I agree with you. Hundred percent. I got the same. Harden, Doncic, Harden over Doncic probably is the the more favoured player. But yeah, that's my two. Vincent. Yeah, I've put Luka Doncic and James Harden my two guards. Very good. Nice and easy. Forwards. I'll kick things off. Uh, LeBron James and Greek Freak Giannis Antetokounmpo. Probably number one and two in MVP voting. So, yeah, they're my first team forwards. You in agreement, Theo? 100%. Yeah, Vincent, what do you think? Yeah, I've gone the same. I've got put the, the king himself, LeBron James, and the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You can't deny them two as the first team forwards. And uh, Moving on to centre, who's your first team big man, Vincent? Okay, I, I, I'm still kind of hurt by this, by both of you two disappointed me. I've had to put Nikola Jokic as my centre because I, I was outvoted by you two. But I personally, personally, it hurt me to put, didn't put AD as my front because I wanted to put him because I would have put him as my centre. But you two have made the executive decision that he is not a centre. But I had to try to say if I can put him in my first team. So, But if we're going to do that, then I would have to put Jokic more, Nikola Jokic as my centre. 100% Vinny um, I mean Anthony Davis is definitely not a centre but you know what what did we most... just say no, uh, what did we uh, just uh, say Vinny, Vinny I'm amazed I'm amazed even you've even got him you want AD in your first team because the first sign of pressure AD's out of there so you, you know, might how long are you going to play on that? Even, you might, you might you even play on that? How long are you going to play on that? Are you just how gonna, long is a piece for of the rest, For the rest of our friendship, you're always going to bring up that I say he might crumble in the playoffs. Is that what you're going to bring up now? Every uh, yeah. single time, you know what? Probably. Probably. Fine. Fine. Probably. Even, especially when he, when he wins finals MVP. That's when I'm going to stick the boot in the most. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I agree. Um, the, the Joker, it's got to be him for centre, number one. I think it was a bit of a bit of a tough one between maybe first team centre, second team centre. I think we probably know who's going to be in at number two. I think I'd value his um, his vision, his, his offensive contribution, I think probably going to be more valuable than what our second team centre would offer um, on the other side of the court. So I've got Joker at number two. No, sorry. I've got Joker on my first team. Yeah, I'm the same. Whilst you, whilst, so that's that. We're all in agreement for our first team. Just about. It took a, a little. I bit still of don't. I just still feel wrong to not have AD in the first team. That's what I'm saying, boys. I feel wrong. I feel like it's not acceptable. Sorry, Vinny. We're doing all NBA team, not all cracks under the pressure team. So oh, you know does what? that does that make? You know a what? You're on your first strike, Jared. Your first strike, okay. <laughs> Your first strike, okay. I'm just letting you boys. I'm just letting you boys know. Jared, you're on your first strike. Theo, you're on, you 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 you've gone past it. The level of disrespect on Russell Westbrook. So, whilst you're touching on centers, then Theo, who do you have as your second team All NBA center? Um, it's the it's the big Frenchman, Rudy Gobert. I think his the value he offers I think defensively is incredible I think he's, as far as uh, is, is what he offers goes his defensive performance catches cannot be overlooked I couldn't quite edge him there over over Nicola in the first team but I've got, I've got Rudy at number two Wow I am spoiler alert he doesn't make my third team and he's definitely not my All-NBA second team centre What? No wow. way No way I've got Bam I've got Bam and Debye I think Bama That's Debayo, high praise indeed. 
Is, Honestly, is, Jared, Jared, can I ask something? Are you are you are you drinking or smoking something funny? Like I'm a bit worried about you these past couple of podcasts. Okay, you've come up with some outrageous statements. I'm standing by it. I think Rudy Gobert has had, by his standards, has had, <laughs> has had a terrible season. He has not performed as efficiently defensively. Um, he is he's never been a threat offensively. Quite quite why that means he justifies an All-NBA second team based on his past glories. I've got no idea. Farmer's been the better player this season. Yes, they both made an All-Star team. Looking at the records, there's there's probably no team that has a centre who who has a no team with a great record that has a centre deserving of of All-NBA. Thinking about the Clippers don't really have that kind of guy, the Lakers. So looking down as you get down, the Heat are in the same kind of position, uh, middle of the pack kind of team in the playoffs. And I think Bam... Has got he's got better shooting and def- defense than Joel Embiid this season, and he's played more games. So yeah, Bama Debayo makes my second team. Who have you got then, Vinny? My second team has to go with the Frenchman himself, the 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 patient zero in the NBA, as you call him. <laughs> patient zero in the NBA. It has to be Rudy Gobert. I just feel like I I, I just think he's a very very talented bowler. I think he he. As I mentioned, he, he would have come second for me as Defensive Player of the Year. I know you disagree with that, Jared, but I just still think Rudy Gobert is a, tal- he's a, he's a, he's a threat defensively. And I, and I think any, we were talking about how you'd be afraid of um, Giannis. I think the same thing with Rudy. This guy's won two, uh, two times Defensive Player of the Year before this. And to not put him in the second team, I think would be disrespectful. And I think he's had a good season. Well... I'll, I'll, I'll be outvoted there. So, met the criteria all NBA second team centre. I'll scribble out Bam Adebayo's name and I will uh, put that it is Rudy Gobert instead. Fair enough. Okay, let's move on to the forwards now. Um, my two forwards for all NBA second team. Uh, the first player cannot handle pressure to save his life, uh, it's Anthony Davis. Uh, and the second player... Second forward I've got is Kawhi Leonard, who, without even trying, could walk into an All-NBA second team. So, they're my two forwards. I'm with you, 100%. Um, I think Kawhi, Kawhi's clutch and composure, I think he, he demonstrated just how clutch he can be um, when he hit that shot um, in the playoffs last season um, against the 76ers. And I think his composure under pressure should be able to... Um, to outweigh Anthony Davis's inability to, to handle that. So I think together they'd be a dynamic duo at, um, at the three and four on, uh, on my second team. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Mr. Awkward himself, uh, um, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> the guy makes me laugh sometimes. It's just he's a very awkward kind of individual. But I'm going to give it AD and um, Kawhi Leonard because I think Kawhi is as a different level kind of player in the playoffs. The guy is he's been two time MVP finals. You can trust him. He's and the thing is with Kawhi, I don't know when I look at him sometimes, 
I don't even feel like he's even trying. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why. Mm. To me, sometimes I look at him. I'm like, you don't see, you know how most players, you see him like proper, like going for it. It looks like it comes easy for him. Like he's not really like going full petal on it. But I just think he is a very, very talented. And he can make a claim for the first team. But I'm going to put him in my second team forwards. Him and AD. Well, AD, you know how he is. We know he's a top five player. We can't deny that. And I think he is a very, very good player. But... You know my team, I would have wanted him as my first team, as my centre, but you guys are just are just choosing not to accept that. But okay, I guess that is. Okay. Guards then. Vincent, take me through your NBA, all NBA second team guards, please. Okay, my f- second NBA empty is Damian Lillard, Dame Time himself, and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I got to say, Russell Westbrook is having his best season he's ever had. And I think he's not even playing as good as he was as MVP. And I know, I know, look, I know Phil in his head right now is thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. But you can't not put Russell Westbrook in your team in the second team. And I just think this guy is offering you triple doubles and he's just a talented baller. And you need that kind of individual. And I think he's having his best season. And it's not even an NBA talk, but he's MVP talk. But he's having his best season. How can you not say he should be in the second team? So that's why I'm chosen my two guards, Lillard and Russell Westbrook. So I've not chosen Russell Westbrook, funnily enough. Um, I've gone for CP3 as my guard. Um, I think the fact that he can still do what he does at his age, is he 34, 35? He is an old man by NBA standards, and he's still, I think, quite comfortably um, all NBA. Um, he's refined his game. Obviously, worked. He's like mentored. I think uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Alexander. I think he's he's been an excellent mentor for him. I think he's shown his his veteran um, ability, but and the value that he offers. And again, we, we mentioned it previously. The fact that um, OKC are where they are is in a large part down to uh, his ability uh, on the ball. Without the ball, I think he speaks for himself, as I say, quite comfortably. Um, My second team guard, alongside Damian Lillard. I think Damian Lillard must be absolutely gutted because the first time... I mean, he's been been fighting for a spot on an all-NBA first team for, for years. And but he's he's just had too many good players ahead of him, and then the one year that that Steph Curry's out of the equation, he might finally crack it. Doncic absolutely explodes, and by becoming most improved, he then he just vaults him into that first spot. So he must be he must be gutted. But Damian Lillard, he's, he he could he, he could he he could crack the first team, couldn't he? He's just he is good. He's, he's a fantastic player. Uh, he's just unfortunate that there's there's players playing better than him and that's why he can't crack that first team but he's happily happily on my uh, on my second team okay so I agree with Lillard I've got nothing more to add he was my fifth name on MVP I think he comes fifth in MVP I had the same two names to fill out my second team All-NBA guard spot Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook and that, amazing how these two players were essentially traded for each other at the start of the season and are both fighting for this spot. Um, my heart says Westbrook. My head says Chris Paul. I'd written Chris Paul down in in the second team. Can't 
I would have never expected to do this, but yeah, I'm going to go with Chris Paul. I'm sorry, Vinny. I'm sorry. Yeah. And Good I'm sorry decision. To, I'm sorry to Russell Westbrook as well. I mean, if the season only counted from January when the Rockets, you know, changed the way they were playing and shipped Clint Feller out, maybe then Westbrook would have made second team. But I think the body of work that Chris Paul's got this season gets him the nod. So I just feel like, dog, but the only reason why I say Russell Westbrook, because he's playing better than he was when he was at MVP caliber standard, when he won the MVP. And from him not to even be in that second team, I'd be like, that's kind of a disrespect. And I just feel like he is very, he's been crucial ever since they, they, they traded Capella. He's just got better and better and better. And I think overall, you can't deny him and not say he's not in the old NBA second team. But you guys can say your CP3, fair point. You want to choose the old man? That's fine. I'm joking. No disrespect to CP3, but yeah. Or any of our older listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so third team guards then. Uh, Russell Westbrook slots into my third team. Hopefully, Theo... uh, Theo sees some sense with regard to Russell Westbrook and slots him in there as well. My other third team spot is going to be taken up by player to blow up Kyle Lowry. He makes my all NBA third team. Uh, yeah. Kyle Lowry is, he's a hall of fame player now. Vinny's touched on it plenty in our previous episodes on the podcast. Uh, he's, he's a quality player. He's a clutch performer. Uh, defensively, he probably leads the league in charges as he often does. Yeah, he's a great player, uh, franchise player now in in Toronto, uh, and I think he deserves a spot on All NBA third team. Vincent, what's your take? Yeah, okay. So my guards, I have chosen, <laughs> which I, I don't, I have chosen these CP3 and Kyle Lowry. Okay. Now, can I just clarify with people? Okay, I would have said Chris Middleton or Jimmy Butler, but these two would not allow me to say them to because they are forwards, apparently. When I seem to think that they're small, I think they're shooting guards, but that's been taken away from me. Another executive decision that for some reason that I have lost out again, but I'll have to go with CP3 and Kyle Lowry. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for that, Vinny. And uh, Theo. Okay, just one second, guys. Can you just explain to me? No, keep this in, guys. Why is Jimmy Butler and Chris Middleton not guards? Why? They're both shooting guards. Jimmy Butler's played the three all year in Miami. Um, I think historically he did when he was at Minnesota. I think that was when he made the transition. Before that, I think he probably did play the two more. You are right. but I think he's changed. I think he, he probably can play him at guard, but if you think about where he's be, probably better defensively, you'd probably want him on a wing player, wouldn't you, rather than another guard. So that, for me, good, you've got okay, to Okay, Chris him. Middleton then? Yeah, I think Chris Middleton and Jimmy Butler both fall into the same swing man category, don't they? They can swing between the two and the three. The starting lineup for the Bucks, I'm pretty sure, is Bledsoe at the one, Dante DiVincenzo slash Wesley Matthews at the two, Chris Middleton at the three. That's been their sort of predominant starting five this season. Again, we've made the decision. Anthony Davis, yes, you could put, you could play him at centre, but he plays most of his minutes at the four. These two players so, seem so to play saying, most of their minutes at the three. So you're so telling me, don't... 
I can't have Jimmy Butler and Chris Middleton in my team, then you're telling me that. So my guards might be a bit controversial, actually, from the sound of things. So firstly, I've gone for, I don't even know how to give him a proper introduction, uh, Ben Simmons for my, uh, my All-NBA guard. I think his, again, his ability to guard one through five, um, well, one, one through four, makes him an absolute asset. Superb. Um, putting the ball on the floor. I've got a lot, a lot of time for Ben Simmons for one of my guards. My other guard, again, I don't think should be controversial, but I feel like you're going to pull your faces. Bradley Beal. Oh my gosh! No! Bradley Beal is averaging over 30 points, over six assists, over four rebounds, and over 45% shooting. So there's seven players who have finished with those rebound, those stats in history, all of them Hall of Famers. Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Rick Barry, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Steph Curry. No doubt you'd agree, all first ballot Hall of Famers. Bradley Beal is having a historic season. He's a, his, he's a superb basketball player. He plays for the Wizards. They're not a very good team. And it, yeah, big fish, small pond. But though you can't argue with those numbers. You can't argue with them numbers, lads. So you're telling me that Bradley Beal is one of the 15 best players in the league this season? <laughs> yes, I'm going there. I'm going there. Well, you're, you're wrong. And thankfully, I'm on the podcast with Vinny, who has a little bit of sense. So judging from the fact that Vincent, <laughs> judging from the fact that Vincent had Westbrook on his second team, but we outvoted him with Chris Paul, Westbrook's going to slide to the third team. And both Vincent and I have Kyle Lowry at the other spot on the third team. So our third team guards as a team are Kyle Lowry and Russell Westbrook. Skipping on to the forward position, Vincent. I just I'd like to jump ahead of I just like to jump ahead of Vincent and just to just before he goes, my um, third team forwards are Jimmy Butler and Chris Middleton. Just saying. Okay, so there's Theo straight off the bat. Thank you. Vincent, you must have a plethora of forwards because every player that you've <laughs> named has been to the wrong position. So okay. please give us your third team no, all-NBA First of all, okay, first of all, Jared, I don't need that from you, okay? I know these players' positions, okay? These players are guards, but you guys are not letting me take that. But fine, fine. So the forwards I've chosen, please, if you two say these are not forwards, I'm going to walk off right now, but fine. <laughs> I have chosen Pascal Siakam and Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's a guard. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm joking. He's He's gone. I'm done with you two. I am done with you two. He was I'm joking. joking. I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh, phew. <laughs> I was literally going to walk off in a minute. Just for the listener at home, Vincent did actually take his headset off and he was prepared to walk away. He, he meant it. He was serious. <laughs> Fine, so I've chosen Pascal Siakam and Jason Tatum, obviously. You know how I feel about the problem. I just think he, he had a brilliant regular season. I think he, he, he was outstanding. I thought, obviously, we've touched on it a little bit. He was playing at MVP caliber. He's a very, very... And you know what I think about Spicy P, man. That's my guy. I think he's one of the best players in the NBA. He's underrated and he deserves his position. So definitely Spicy P and the problem. I'd just like to query them then, Vincent. Would you say that Jason Tatum and Pascal Siakam are better than Jimmy Butler and Chris Middleton? I would rather take 
Pascal Siakam over Jason uh, over Jimmy Butler. Me personally, I think Pascal Siakam is a very very good. And I, if I yeah, I would take Pascal Siakam over Jason. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I would. I would uh, have. I would. Uh, I would take Jason Tatum and Pascal Siakam over Chris Middleton and Jimmy Butler. I would. Fair enough. That's Fair enough. me personally. I just think I think Jason Tatum's younger. He's got potential. If we're talking about if you're open, if you're starting up your own franchise and you want to say who are you bringing on, I just think with Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler. I'm not going to lie. I proper love the guy. But the thing is, he's not lived up to. He. It's not like he's not had players around him. He's had talented players around him, and he's not achieved what he should be. Yes, look, Miami looks like this is the perfect place for him, but. He didn't do it with the 76ers when he had Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. He didn't do it when he had D. Rose with him as well. I don't know who that third person he was with again, but he had Derek Rose and he didn't do it then. I don't know what is wrong. I think he's, he's got a mentality of saying is, I want it done this way and this is how we're going to win, but it's not being done. And that's what people sometimes have conflict with Jimmy Butler. But I think he's one of those, as I mentioned about people not being misunderstood. I think Jimmy Butler's like that. I like Jimmy Butler because he's got that mentality of saying, I want to win no matter what the cost is. I want to win. This is how we should be doing it. And people conflict with that because that's why he has, he's had problems with that coaches and stuff because he has conflicts with that. But... If we're talking about who I'd rather have, I think Spicy P, he's improving every single year. This guy's getting better and better and better. And Jared touched on it a couple of episodes back. He could have won finals MVP. That's why I think he's a better player. Jason Tatum over Chris Middleton. Of course, I think Jason Tatum is a much better, I think overall is a better player than Chris Middleton. He's a, I'm not denying Chris Middleton's a good player, but I'd rather have Jason Tatum. Okay, Vinny. Fair enough. I like it. Uh, my third team forwards... Uh, I've got Chris Middleton and Pascal Siakam. So, Spicy P, you covered it well there, Vinny. Um, he edged out Tatum for me, um, just in terms of uh, the longevity, the, the body of work over the season. Tatum blew up since January, but not quite enough to make third team for me. Um, and Jimmy Butler, great player, um, an absolute dog, as everyone says he is. His, his stats aren't as impressive as you would think. Um, especially his shooting splits. His shooting splits, I was really disappointed looking into them stats. So I think uh, no Tatum, no Butler for me. Um, and Middleton has played the same little kind of minutes as Giannis, you know, only 29, 30 minutes or so, and has been elite, almost 50, 40, 90. I'm a big advocate of the 50, 40, 90 club. Um, and he's, yeah, I think, I think Middleton deserves his spot. So we've got two votes for Chris Middleton. And two votes for Pascal Siakam. So it looks like they're the two that make our third team forward spots. So we'll round it off now. Just finish off with the big man on our All-NBA third team. Vincent, kick us off. Well, I've had to look this up over as during this podcast. I've had to do this a couple of times. But there's only other one player that we can't deny, and that's Joel Embiid. Um, I think he is a talented baller. We've discussed this. He's a massive, massive player. He's a very, very crucial to the 76ers. I still think that they should be playing through him. I think the potentials could be much better if they were playing through him. We've seen it. We saw even last night. The guy can play. He's deniable. We can't deny his talent. People slate him a little bit of his attitude problem and I'm one of those critics I think he's got a, a very bad attitude sometimes towards players he's on his people around him 
his organization sometimes and the way thing is, but you can't deny the guy can play. The guy can play. He reminds me, I'm not going to lie, like a Shaq. I'm not saying he's in the same caliber, but he reminds me of the Shaq. He's got that potential to be that dominant. And I think Joel Embiid, you can't deny him and say he is one of the best centers in the league. Probably the third best center in the league. Can't think of anyone. But yeah, third best center in the league. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand by that. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Vinny. He, obviously, I had Bam second team. You guys had Rude it. I think if without injuries this season, I think Bam is the second, probably the second best centre in the league this year. So, yeah, Embiid slots into my third team. Theo? So, I have not got a lot of time for Joel Embiid. I'm not a big fan of him. I do think the guy can play. Um, there are... There are hints of Shaq in there. He is super dominant. And the fact that he's, he's got, he can space the floor reasonably well as well. I do think he is a, a very good good player. He's, I think he's played, compared to Bam Adebayo, who's my um, all-NBA third team choice for centre, I think he's played something like almost half of the amount of minutes he, that Bam's played. Um, I think something like 40% of Philadelphia's minutes this season he's played, whereas Bam's played 70 um, for the Heat. Embiid is excellent, but I think for me, Bam edges it. Um, and apparently Jared agrees as well. He had him in his second team. So as far as I'm concerned, it's Bam all the way. I mean, I never would have thought I would say that Embiid doesn't have a spot in the All-NBA, but I, I, can I justify taking him over Adebayo? Bearing in mind the... the Limited minutes he's played, uh, the the issues he's had. That he, he he's not able to fit into any team. I mean, I don't. I mean, we've we've not really seen much of Bam in this regard. But great players make other players great, and I don't necessarily think you get that with Embiid. I think Embiid quite possibly can alienate members of his team. They don't gel together. They don't work together well as a team as a whole. And I think a lot of that can be down to Embiid's lack of flexibility. So for me, I'm going to take Bamadebayo as my third team centre. Okay, so a little bit, a little bit of a disagreement at the centre spot there. Obviously, I had Bam second team, and you've got him third team over Embiid deal. So I think that means we're going to have to slide Bam along to our third team All NBA. So I'll just run through our picks again. So on first team, we've got at guards. James Harden, Luka Doncic, LeBron and the Greek freak at forward, and Nikola Jokic at centre. Second team, Dame Lillard and CP3 at guard, the Brow and the Claw at forward, and the Stifle Tower, Rudy Gobert at centre. And our third team All-NBA for this season, we've got Kyle Lowry and Russell Westbrook at guard. The forwards, we have Pascal Siakam and Chris Middleton. And filling out the centre spot, we've got Bam Adebayo. So some quality teams. I'm sure we'd all love to support a team who had any of those five players as their starting five. Just a quick one to finish on. Who were your toughest cuts? Who was the hardest player that you didn't put on any of your three teams that you wish you would have found a spot for? Russell Westbrook. No, I'm joking. Really? Would he have even made your fourth team All-NBA if there was one? Uh, You probably would have made my fourth. Team. Yeah, Theo, yeah, mm, Theo yeah. can you do me a little favour? Just mm. I want you to lose my number after this podcast, <laughs> okay? I don't want you to acknowledge me as your friend. I just want you to acknowledge me as an acquaintance, okay? Because the level of disrespect I keep hearing about you by Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is probably one of the greatest basketballers that's ever played this game. 
You can't deny that. He's one of the great... Come on, Theo. How can you... Oh. Oh, it frustrates me. It frustrates me just to look at him, look at his, his stupid face when he does that. How can you save not it. say what's? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't. Save, I can't it, save it for the thousand. Save, save it for sorry. the thousand subscriber special. Oh, we'll days. we'll get to it in the thousand subscribers. The level special. of disrespect I hear from this man right now. My toughest cut. My toughest cut was probably Jason Tatum. I know you're trying to make the problem happen. I'm going to call him the problem because he he has been a problem since the turn of the year. <laughs> Very close to getting in on third team all NBA, but as I've explained, I just think Siakam and Middleton edge him out. Vincent, did you have anyone who you, you really wanted to put on the team, but you just couldn't find the, find a spot for him? About seven players in the sound of it. <laughs> well, obviously, mine had to be changed around a few times, but I would have, I would have put Ben Simmons in there in some point, in some way. Uh, I'm not going to deny he's a very good player. Obviously, we have a debate about what his position is. I feel like he's a forward. You guys say he's a guard. Whatever. Fair point. But anyway, I, go on. Sorry, Jared. Sorry. What? I was just going to say, he, he is a forward now. But for the oh, but you guys have said he's a guard. Season. But you guys are saying he's a guard. So I don't, you know what? The confusion is you know, there. But fair you point. Know who else, you know who else says he's a guard? Brett, Brett Brown, his coach. He's been playing him a guard since he drafted him. Just saying. Anyway, okay, because you, you, you guys are killing me right now. But anyway, I'm going to leave it as it is. But yeah, Ben Simmons, I would have put him in there at some point. I would have put him on 30, most likely. Yeah, there we go. Some some quality talent around the league. There's been some unbelievable seasons. Uh, it's been a great regular season. Unfortunately, it was cut short, but we're so glad to have the NBA back in Orlando. Uh, thanks for jumping on this podcast, lads. Thanks for talking through. Just the one little, little thing as well. You know, I'm actually loving watching right now, Ball Ball. Honestly, mm. I, I'm liking this kid. I think, honestly, he is a talented player. What position does he play, Vincent? You, you, you better <laughs> shut your face, Jared. You shut up right now. You know what? I'm, I'm a joke to you. I am a joke to you right now. No, no, I'm not answering that. I'm not answering that, Jared, because you, you, I'm a joke to you. You know what? You're trying to violate man right now. You're trying to violate man. Nah, I'm not even going to put up with it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's great to uh, to be able to talk through our picks for these awards and for the All NBA. He's a centre. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't resist. He couldn't resist, could he? It's great to uh, to be on with you lads tonight. Thanks very much. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, please subscribe, follow our podcast. Why the earth would you listen to it without following it? Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram. Um, and we will catch you on the next episode. We'll have more. Uh, discussion on some of the NBA bubble headlines and more content coming your way soon. If I am so in the next podcast, I might not. I might not be turning up to this podcast. The level, the level of the, the disrespect, the the level of I don't know. I don't know what else to say. But the levels of this, you two have said to me today, has just shocked me. Yeah. No. Thanks very much uh, for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you on the next time from Jared, Theo. And you know who it is, yeah, whatever, whatever. Shout out to the boys. <laughs> See you next time, everyone. Thank you. Peace Bye. out.